Alright folks, I know it's been a while, but uh, just been making a bunch of videos from my YouTube channel, you can go check that out under the same name as my podcast, um, yeah, just been making some videos, um, but I wanted to read this book, or part of this book that I read recently, and I think it's a great uh, book. I have. I'll put the. I'll put the link for, for the book. On the de- in the description once I'm done. From my Google Drive, if you guys want to check it out, it's not. It's not a very long read, but um, yeah. Let me just read the first two chapters because I think they're great. All right, so it's called. Our Son God, or Christianity Before Christ. Alright, Part 1, From a Broad Church Point of View, Chapter 1, Pauline Christianity. Nineteen centuries have rolled away since, according to our creed... Okay, first of all, let me tell you when this was written. Okay, this is... uh, Our Son God or Christianity Before Christ, a demonstration that, as the fathers admitted, our religion existed before our era and even in prehistoric times. Uh, This is by John Denham Parsons, published in London in 1895. Alright. 19th centuries have rolled away since, according to our creed as Christians, the angels of heaven proclaim to men of earth the gospel, that is, the glad tidings of the advent of Jesus. Uh, just a second, yeah. Alright, so where were we? More than 1800 years have passed since the Jewish artisan whom we declare to have been God incarnate, leaving the carpenter's workshop, tried to reform his fellow countrymen by declaring to them that the final day of judgment was at hand. One millennium has slowly but forever gone, and even a second millennium has nearly passed away since the poor communists of Galilee, yes, you heard that right, since the poor communists of Galilee, whose followers had all things in common, solemnly affirmed Ye cannot serve God and private property. This shit was published in 1895, okay? Let me read that again. One millennium has slowly but forever gone, and even a second millennium has nearly passed away since the poor communists of Galilee, whose followers had all things in common, solemnly affirmed, Ye cannot serve God and private property. At least a hundred generations have gone after the other. At least a hundred generations have, one after the other, suffered and passed on into the darkness since the followers of Paul were at Antioch first called Christians. And over a millennium and a half divide us from the time when Constantine, the worshipper of the sun god Apollo, made made the faith so zealously preached by Paul the state religion of the almost worldwide Roman Empire. 
Thanks primarily to the action of Constantine, the church we belong to had for at least a thousand years the nations of Christendom at its feet and the almost almighty power of education on its hands. For several centuries, too, it had sole control of the literary records of the wisdom and history of the past and could destroy or alter what it chose. All right. It is, alas, greatly to be feared that our church at times somewhat abused the power in question. And this is talking about the Roman Catholic Church, of course. One of the greatest sins against humanity in the direction indicated was undoubtedly the destruction of the priceless manuscripts which, when Constantine the Great died, were still stored in the famous library of Alexandria. Upon the strength of an accusation made by a Christian bishop against the Saracen who conquered Alexandria, AC 640, this crime has long been charged to the account of the broad-minded and tolerant Caliph Omar, whose behavior when he captured Jerusalem puts that of the Crusaders to shame. But it is now more or less generally admitted that the invaluable records in question were destroyed at the request of the Christian Bishop of Alexandria some 50 years after the death of Constantine and 250 years before the army of Omar appeared upon the scene. Yet, notwithstanding such unscrupulous actions as the one referred to seems to have been not with, notwithstanding the great lapse of time since Paul started its career as a supposed world-conquering force, notwithstanding the unexampled chances and unequaled opportunities which it inherited as a result of succeeding in its youth to the position of state religion of the worldwide Roman Empire, notwithstanding the fact that the races over which it has had control have been the most strenuous upon the face of the earth, notwithstanding the dying out before its advancing armies and colonists of, of many a pagan race, Notwithstanding all these things, the Christian faith has come to a dead halt. For every genuine recruit it obtains otherwise than from the nurseries of its followers, two of its rank and file at heart waver in their allegiance. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's basically the Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican, the Pope, going around killing off all the Abels. This is Cain, the Pope, going around killing off able all the ables around the world which are the indigenous people the pagans the heathens the fucking it's like no the roman catholic church has been literally leeching off of indigenous people on this planet for thousands of years all right let me continue as a matter of fact our faith as Christians, despite the noble efforts of all individuals, is, as a whole, losing ground. This fucker is writing this shit in, in 1895. Where was I? As a matter of fact, our faith as Christians, despite the noble efforts of individuals, is as a whole losing ground. Not only has Christianity, with all its advantages, 
failed even in 18 centuries to secure even the nominal suffrages of one half, much less of the whole of humankind, but the proportion which those who honestly believe in its distinguishing dogmas bear to the remainder of our race is undoubtedly decreasing. As a son of the church and one convinced of its immense potentialities for good, the author has searched for and, as he thinks, has found those weak points in the Christianity of the last 18 centuries which its history and the present state of affairs betoken. But the discussion of those weak points does not lie within the province of the present volume and must be reserved for a future one. For before the weak points of any one's religion, whatever religion it be, can be anything like accurately gauged, a painful process has to be gone through. So absolutely one-sided in their views are 999 people out of a thousand, and so prejudiced are they in favor of such belief as their education and environment have caused to be their second nature, so few even of the few really earnest ones seek truth, whatever it may cost, rather, rather than a confirmation of their own opinions, that a necessary pre prelim preliminary to a just discussion and appreciation of the weak points of one's religion is a, personal, is a personal and searching inquiry into the evidence which can be produced against one's creed. These fuckers wrote long-ass sentences back then. Okay. The greater part of the real or supposed evidence against our creed as Christians which opponents of Christianity have at one time or another brought forward against us, can be ascertained by an intelligent inquirer without very great difficulty. But the evidence producible by those who believe that the sun god worships once prevalent throughout the Roman Empire did not exactly die out, but became merged or evolved into what is now called Christianity, cannot be so ascertained, and a clear statement of it does not exist. The present volume is therefore an attempt to supply what, if not a want, is at any rate a deficiency. As a conclusion to this introductory chapter, the author would ask the reader, when considering that part of his work written from a Gnostic point of view, to bear in mind, one, that in ancient days religions were national, two, that the Romans tolerated the religion of every nation they conquered. Three, that their persecution of our, that their persecution of our faith when it was in its infancy was due to the fact that it was a it was non-national and therefore, from their point of view, a hateful superstition undermining the religions of all the nations they protected, and sub and subversive of all good rule. Four that it was probably the first faith ever preached as intended for all nations. 5. That the Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written after Paul went about preaching his new and non-national creed, as it is clear that he was ignorant of all save one of the many great marvel marvels recorded therein, the miraculous birth and ascension of Jesus, for instance, not being once mentioned in his arguments. 6. That while Paul was by his own confession 
all things to all men, Jesus spent much of his time in denouncing the possession of private property. 7. That the followers of Jesus had all things in common. 8. That it was the followers of Paul who were called Christians. 9. That while Jesus said, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, and therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Paul was an apostate as regards Judaism and Alright, sorry about that. Where was I? Okay, number nine. That while Jesus said the scribes and Pharisees Okay, Paul was an apostate as regards Judaism. And number ten, that Jesus repeatedly declared that his mission was to and his gospel or glad tidings for the Jews only. So this, this is very interesting because it is true, you just go listen to just the sayings of Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's, Jesus is a very different character versus Christianity. Which is why I think Jesus was just another one of the prophets, like a shaman. And Paul, one of the city boys... The city priests, the city shamans, you know, who had all the power and wealth and money and armies in the city. Um, uh, you know, wrote, basically, the, basically uh, set up Christianity. I mean, he wrote Romans. <laughs> Paul wrote Romans, right? <laughs> And, and if you ask Christians, that's their favorite book to, uh, you know, to point to what their beliefs are. Alright, and the funny thing, well, just read this book, you'll see. Alright, part two, from a Gnostic point of view, Christianity in existence before Christ. Archbishop Whatley has told us that not to undeceive is to deceive, that we must neither lead nor leave men to mistake falsehood for truth, and that he who propagates delusion and he who connives at it when already existing both alike tamper with the truth. These sayings are quite as ap applicable to our religious teachers as to our teachers of science and philosophy. Let us, for instance, see how matters stand as to what they have taught us concerning the origin of our religion. If Christians, whether followers of the Greek church, which as more or less representative of the primitive church, essentially a Greek one, sometimes claims to be the mother church, or followers of that church which has succeeded to the priestly powers of the Caesars and may perhaps be allowed to have the best claim to the title Catholic, or, fo or followers of the Protestant churches. If a number of representative Christians were asked the plain question, did Christianity exist before the birth of Jesus the Nazarene, their answers would be found ultimately divisible into three classes. One, that of the Christians unable to give a plain and straightforward reply. Two, that of those who would reply, of course it did not. And three, that 
of those who would reply, of course it did. I never even knew the, the number three existed. <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, wait, what? So basically, it's all nature worship. It's all fucking nature worship. Those who would not give, those who would not give a plain and straightforward answer need not be considered. Those who would give the reply, of course it did not, would give the only plain answer logically possible. Sorry about that. Alright. Those who would not give a plain and straightforward answer need not be considered. Those who would give the reply, of course it did not, would give the only plain answer logically possible upon the part of those who stand by the Christian creed as nowadays generally taught. But the few, the very few who would answer, of course it did, would have very good grounds for their assertion. For their assertion. Some Christians think that even civilization came into the world after and as a result of the advent of Jesus. <laughs> as a matter of fact, however, a high state of civilization existed in various countries at various times thousands of years before our era. And as to the Roman Empire and the countries into which that world in itself was ultimately split up, it is well known that as Christianity triumphed, so, civilish, so civilization died out. Whatever may have been the cause, none can deny the fact that the Dark Ages followed close in the wake of, con of the conquering church. Hmm, the, 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 the Spanish Inquisition, the Dark Ages, the, it's, well, how come it's all around the same time? I think this is what happened. Some time ago, 2000, 3000, whatever, when, when the Roman Catholic Church basically was founded, um, I think there was lots of volcanic activity in Italy, I think, apparently. And, well, the New Testament... <laughs> Oh my god, the New Testament is... Anyways, let me just continue. It is true that the monks were for centuries the centers of such light and learning as survived in Europe. And why was this? It was because Constantine the Great, having utilized his power as high priest of the gods of Rome and supreme emperor of the whole fucking Roman world in favor of Christianity making it the state religion, the Christian church became mistress of the situation and got emperor after emperor not only to increase its power, but also to stamp out of existence the literary evidence against its own version of the nature, origin, and history of the Christian faith, the church itself taking possession of all the manuscripts which were to be saved, and by securing a monopoly of the power to educate, thus safeguarding, and perpetuating its powers and privileges. The Book of Eli, the movie The Book of Eli, at the end when he fucking finally goes and gives the book to that library, that's what the Vatican is. That's what the Vatican is. <laughs> Look up the meaning of the word Vatican. 
Okay. As to the contention that our present civilization is due to the monks and to Christianity, it is more than 1,500 years since the sun god worshiper Constantine laid the whole Roman world at the feet of the Christian church. Let me just make sure this shit is recording. Okay. <laughs> and also gave it a monopoly to, of the right to benefit by endowment, a right still refused to its opponents even in free England. It was in the first half of the 4th century of our era that Christianity was made the state religion of the Roman Empire. Let us look a century ahead of the date in question and ask ourselves whether the Christian Church had been employing its immense powers in favor of science and of progress? Was the state of Christendom in the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, or even in the 16th century a credit to Christianity? Was the condition of Christian lands, even in the 17th, 17th century, anything to boast of? In every Christian history... I'm surprised this shit was written in 1895. Okay, I keep repeating that shit, but this, this sounds like some modern-day fucker, like <laughs> some modern-day... Fucking. Right. In every Christian history dealing with the city at the time in question, is it is stated that the Caliph Omar, whose forces captured Alexandria in the year AC 640, according ordered the priceless manuscripts which, on the accession to power of the Christian Church, were still safely stored in its famous library to be. To be destroyed. The caliph saying that if the works in question agreed with the Quran, they were super superfluous, while if they did not agree with it, they were pernicious. If it is a mistaken if it is the mistaken statement of a Christian bishop. The invaluable manuscripts in question, the sole record of much of the knowledge of the history and wisdom of the ancients, were destroyed in the year AC 390 at the request of the Christian bishop of Alexandria, who, wishing to safeguard the position of the church, had petitioned the emperor Theodosius for their, for their requisite authority. And this prelate's successor in the holy office was the bishop whose clergy murdered Hypatia AC, AC 415. Then and thus were the Dark Ages inaugurated. Holy shitballs. What? The Dark Ages was, uh, <laughs> was uh, inaugurated by the Roman Catholic Church. How? By them going and, and burning the Library of Alexandria because knowledge is power because Jesus said then you shall know the truth and that will set you free the truth by knowing if you destroy the knowledge you leave the sheep in ignorance and darkness and when you're in the dark any cocksucker with a flashlight will seem like an angel of God. But in fact, 
It's the fucking devil. Dressed as a sheep. It's a fucking wolf in sheep's clothing. As to the libel on the great and magnanimous Omar, this was first given currency among Christians by Bishop Abul Faragias of Guba in the 13th century, and no such statement as his was made by any one of those who, during the 500 years immediately succeeding the capture of Alexandria by Omar, dealt with the history of that city. This silence upon their part is not to be wondered at, seeing that the priceless parchments in question were purposely destroyed by the Christians themselves just two centuries and a half before the army of Omar appeared upon the scene. The libel in question, which is still given every currency in our schools, our histories, and our books of reference, is the more to be regretted inasmuch as Omar and his followers in the 7th century were more civilized than the Christians even of the 11th century, as can be seen by comparing the just behavior of the Muslims when they captured Jerusalem in the year AC 637, with the barbarities which the Crusades, which the Crusaders inflicted upon Muslim and Jew alike, when they captured the city in the year AC 1099, and during all the intervening centuries, it was the Muslims and not the fucking Christians who had held alight the torches of science and civilization. This is what I'm talking about. Look at history, man. Look at fucking history, man. I'm sorry, but... I am sorry, but I have to say this. I have... I have... I've been around the world. I've met all types of people. All types of men. All types of women. All types of skin colors. All types of languages. And I will have to say, man... <laughs> it, like, honestly... It's, it's the indigenous people. The poor people. The third world country people, the ones suffering in the slums and, you know, that white people love to, to, to brag about how much they're helping them. These people, in my opinion, are way more mature, are way more realistic, are way more responsible as adults, as, as human beings, are way more loving patient like than these cocksuckers in these developed countries really honestly from my humble stupid ass opinion I'm sorry but it is what it is and and nowadays it's, it doesn't even matter it's, it just comes down to what, what fucking social class you're in what how much money you got basically it doesn't matter what color you are what language you speak doesn't matter doesn't matter what gender you are nowadays, depending, certain, I mean, I'll say in the West, you got money, doesn't matter who you are, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And, and, and this is the capitalistic Christian society that the world has set up, that the West brags about, the Judeo-Christian fucking, what's his name, the, he brags about how America was founded on the Judeo-Christian principles. These cocksuckers have a fucking storm coming because they don't even understand the foundations of their Judeo-Christian sand foundation. Your fucking whole house is built on sand. 
is a fucking built on a house of lies. Your foundation is built on a fucking house of lies. That's what that's what uh, Christopher Nolan was trying to show in The Dark Knight. You know, that's Western civilization right there. Let me continue. Moreover, though it is true that our present knowledge of the old Greek and Latin classics still extant, I'm going to calm the fuck down. Moreover, though it is true that our present knowledge of the old Greek and Latin classics still extant is derived from manuscripts saved by Christian monks, saved, that is, from their own destroying hands, the revival of science and of learning in these latter days is due not to the Christian church, which to some extent stamped out science and learning, but to the Muslims against whom in, in crusades begotten of ignorance and bigotry, all the so-called chivalry of Christendom was repeatedly flung in vain. That's what I'm saying, man. I grew up, I grew up in India, man. I was born 1987, okay? And Basically, India gained independence in 1945. My parents' generation was born around that time. So I was basically one generation, you know, I was still feeling the influences of British-ruled India from Calcutta, of all places, okay? So my whole life, all I've been taught was Western education, civilization, West is the best. And then I end up here in the westest part of the west. And I don't know, man, like... I'm sorry, but I have to... And I, I think I can say this because half my adult life... My, my adult life, half my life of the adult side, which I grew up in the west... I can say... I have uh, seen, experienced, and tasted Western culture, okay? I've visited Europe too, okay? I've seen Western culture. And look, it's, it's all cool. It's, I'm not bad-mouthing nobody. I'm saying we have to learn from our fucking history. We all have to take a deep look at our own dark hearts. Alright? And, and the sins of our fathers, it's the, it's the children who have to deal with the sins of their fathers and mothers, okay? And we're the ones who have to deal with this bullshit now of, of, of all this, of, of all our history. And look, I'm not, like, the, 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 the results or children or offspring of all this bullshit I mean, this 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 shit is not their fault. They're they're just born into it. But I will tell those people to take a deep look at their hearts. Look back at your family history. Do you guys deserve what you have? Did you guys get all that goods by fair means? Most wealthy money. Most wealth is is not is not gained fairly, man. The Vatican 
just just follow the money, guys. Just follow the money. Alright? <sighs> I'm gonna just read, man. I'm just... Let me just say this. I'm just pointing to the West because... This is what I was told my whole life. <laughs> and then I come here... And yeah, it's all cool, man. Like, it's all cool. It's it's good, but I think the dream is a bit outdated. That's all I'm saying. I think it's a bit outdated, and uh, I think <laughs> I think uh, we're starting. To, I think the strings are starting to come down, man. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. In vain, for it is not the banner of the cross, but the banner of the crescent, which for the last seven centuries has waved, and still waves over Calvary. Isn't it interesting how, <laughs> what happened with America and Afghanistan? Isn't it interesting? In vain, for not to the three in one, but to the only is dedicated the sacred building which crowns the topmost height of Mount Moriah. Yet not altogether in vain for the seven great crusades by helping to destroy the civilization of the Saracens or Moors and to develop marine intercourse between the nations caused the evolution of a Christian civilization and now enables the church to claim as its peculiar product a result achieved in spite of itself. In spite of itself for... From the destruction of the Alexandrian library in AC 390 and the murder of Hypatia down to the persecutions of Galileo and of Bruno and the invectives which even as late as the present century the Greek, Roman and Protestant churches have alike thundered forth against scientific facts and their promulgators the church has everywhere and always used its influence in, a, in as adverse a manner towards science as it dared. I'll tell you this thing. Mother Teresa, the Pope, the Roman Catholic Church, these fuckers are against abortions and, and birth control because they make a lot of money off of single moms and orphans. Jesus said, if you want if you want religion, take care of the widows and the orphans. His definition of religion was that. Because he saw the bullshit system of Rome on the indigenous sisters and brothers of of uh, Israel during that time because Rome was, you know, ruling Israel. So it's the same story. Jesus was a prophet. All these prophets are nothing but nature worshipers. All these medicine doctors, witch doctors, shamans, whatever you want to call them. The ones who speak with nature. Fucking David Attenborough, BBC. He's a fucking shaman, basically. 
It's nature, man. Mother nature. We're all nature worshippers. We're fucking ants on this little planet. Which is like an hourglass, basically. And we just get to experience life. That's the beauty of of, of of humans. That's why Jesus said, you are gods, you idiots. You are the gods. You are literally God manifest itself in this realm to experience all this shit, man. But we set up these cocksuckers, set up these systems where all we're doing is we're just hamsters running on a fucking wheel all day till our hearts pop. <sighs> That's the system we got, man. From basically this nature, just basically living in harmony with nature. Okay, anyways. But even if the reader has just possibly been able to free himself or herself sufficiently from the prejudices of a Christian education and environment to assimilate the foregoing facts such as one may yet be quite unaware or unable to realize that Christianity, Christianity as well as civilization existed before our era and like it was not due either to the advent, life, or teaching of Jesus the Nazarene. Another thing I want to say is this really pissed me off. But uh, this channel on YouTube, this I think he's some British, some dude from Europe, I think. He made this video on why this one country was still poor or why certain countries are still poor. And I just, I mean, I, I commented, I left a comment, I was like, well, why don't you ask yourself why Europe is rich? Like, literally. Like, folks, like, do your own research. Do your own research. See how much Europe still milks Africa. Just follow the money. And look, man, I'm not even being racist or biased or nothing. I'm just saying, just look at the facts objectively. Don't give a fuck about like what color this person is, this character is. It's just follow the money, look at it objectively, and then look at it yourselves and, and see. We still got this bullshit slavery going on nowadays. 2021, nothing has changed. There's nothing new under the sun. That's what I'm saying. Just do your own research. Do your own research, man. All right. This was admitted by more than one of the fathers, however, and amongst others by the great Saint Augustine for... This is what I'm saying. The, and then Christians will say, but this is... If you look at Christians, Protestant Christians, I, I don't know, man. It's just... <laughs> they are like the worst bunch of the group. The, the, it's like Roman Catholics set up the church, okay? So, so then in Germany, Martin Luther breaks out from the Catholic church saying, No. Because he read the book. He's like, this book and what you guys say is is not... It, so he split. So then you got the Protestants, right? And then from the Protestants, you had, like, god damn, like a whole 
you know, you know how many, there's over 33,000 denominations, okay? So, what has changed, man? Nothing has fucking changed. This is why I say sound is consciousness, meaning one cocksucker will play a tape on repeat forever, and the dumbasses who hear that will repeat that. And that's what I'm saying, sound is consciousness. So, one leader vibrates a certain way, and all these followers like, ooh, I like this one. There you go. This version is called uh, the Lutherans. Some other dude vibrates a certain way, and these followers like him. It's what, what has changed, man? Monty Python, like the, the life of Brian. What has changed? Just, it's just monkey see, monkey do, man. It's been monkey see, monkey do since the fucking dawn of time. Stanley Kubrick. What's the point, man? Fucking it. All right. For toward the close of his remarkable career, that famous bishop of Hippo wrote the following ever-to-be-remembered passage. Quote, Again, in that I said, this is in our time the Christian religion, which to know and also follow is most sure and certain salvation. It is affirmed in regard to this name, not in regard to the sacred thing itself to which the name belongs. For the sacred thing which is now called the Christian religion existed in ancient times. Nor indeed was it absent from the beginning of the human race until the Christ himself came in the flesh, whence the true religion which already existed came to be called the Christian. So when, after his resurrection and ascension to heaven, the apostles began to preach and many believed, it is thus written, the followers were first called Christians at Antioch. Therefore I said, this is in our time the Christian religion, not because it did not exist in earlier times, but as having in later times received this particular name. Who the fuck said this? This is St. Augustine of Bishop of Hippo. Who is St. Augustine? <laughs> Go research that, man. I'm not going to tell you St. Augustine. Man. Shit. Chapter 3, The Beginning. The sacred thing which is now called the Christian religion existed in ancient times, nor indeed was it absent from the beginning of the human race. Let us never forget this pregnant admission of one of the greatest of the fathers, which by some happy chance has been allowed to come down to us. For this confession of St. Augustine is an affirmation in plain and unmistakable terms by one who ought to have known that what was in his time called the Christian religion existed long before the life, death, and alleged resurrection of Jesus, as preached by Paul in connection therewith, gave it the new name of Christian, and caused the followers of Paul at his headquarters at Antioch to be called Christians, a name subsequently given to his followers elsewhere. Alright, I'm not going to read all of chapter 3. I'm just going to read like the first few parts. Okay. Okay. Even in the works of the great ecclesiastical historian Eusebius, Bishop of Caesarea, we come across a passage which states that 
What is called the Christian religion is neither new nor strange, but if it be lawful to testify as to the truth, was known to the ancients. This also makes it plain that the Christian religion was not the new thing it was supposed to be, that the officials of the Christian church kept this a secret from the rank and file, and that what was and is known as Christianity existed ages before it was given that title, or was centered round the name of and fame of Jesus the Nazarene by Paul of Tarsus and his followers. Paul of Tarsus. Paul of Tarsus? Or wasn't it John of Tarsus? Anyways. In fact, judging... In fact, judging from the admissions of St. Augustine, Eusebius, and other early Christian writers, what is called Christianity may, under some name or other, have existed as far back as the time when glorious Vega last shone as the pole star of the north, when Argo Navis, Navis had for so many centuries sailed southwards from the sacred sea that it had ceased. So this sacred sea is... Okay, anyway that it has ceased to circle within sight of the dwellers even upon the sea's sunniest shores when the cross of the south could be seen even from Albion's Isle when Columba the dove no longer hovered upon the horizon of Egypt and the land which was millenniums later to bear the burden of the pyramids had ceased for a time to be a yearly gladdened by the vision of the peerless dog star Helia Kelly rising as herald of the sun rising as herald of the sun and when even the glories of the giant had so far forsaken old Nile that the great Orion was at best but just visible from the site of Memphis as he led the starry host around the heavenly plains. Or perhaps, as St. Augustine intimates, the religion of the followers of Paul may have existed from the beginning, perchance even from that beginning when the ancient word first walked incarnate mid the trees of earth and stood erect as man. From the beginning, says Augustine, we, alas, know nothing of the beginning. Christians have, it is true, annexed the alleged account of it by Moses, which forms the commencement of the scriptures held sacred by the Jews. But, as will be demonstrated further on, also another interesting thing about <laughs> the Old Testament, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, which is, you know, gospel for the Jews, even the rabbis, even the priests, the pastors of the Jewish people, of the Jewish Bible, I mean, which is the Old Testament, which is basically the foundation of Christianity, even they take the book allegorically. They don't take it literally. Alright. But, as will be demonstrated further on, the Moses of the Bible appears to be a somewhat mythical personage, may be entirely a literally creation, and is not likely to have received as a revelation from the infinite spirit of the universe traditions which were current in Babylonia ages before the Israelite Tish tribe came into existence. 
Now, not only do historical and scientific researches fail to bear out the statements to be found in that part of the so-called Book of Moses called Genesis, but even the Christian church itself is obliged to make the fatal admission that part of same needs a new interpretation. For instance, a well-known bishop writes as follows. Darwin's conclusions started pious minds at first as though they were subservice subversive of the truth of revelation, but the panic has subsided, and it is recognized that the admission of Darwin's theories does not necessarily involve any contradiction of the inspired story of creation, though it may require a modification of the interpretation most commonly affixed to it. Let me give you my interpretation of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 equals... The Lava Song from the movie Moana. Adam and Eve are active volcanoes. Alright, that's my interpretation of Genesis chapter 1. And it is evident, one, that the value of a revelation which is wrongly interpreted is small indeed. Two, that if the church has given a wrong interpretation of the first chapter of Genesis to the world for 18 centuries... Its authority upon other matters also is untrustworthy. You hear that Pope? Step the fuck down. Number three, that as it is well known that the stories in the Bible of the creation, the fall, the deluge, the Tower of Babel, and the confusion of tongues were current among the Babylonians many centuries before Moses can have appeared upon the scene, the assumption that the Bible is an inspired revelation is an assumption. (laughs) The Bible is nothing but stories about shamans surviving through catastrophes. That's what the Bible is about. That's my take on it. We know nothing of the beginning, but we do know that man lived upon this earth many thousands of years before the date which the Christian church, upon the authority of its scriptures, has assigned as that of the creation. The church is like the movie The Village. The elders are the popes and the Vatican and the his cocksuckers, okay? That's what reality is. Uh, let me see. Alright. Um, according to the pronouncements of the church during the last 18 centuries, the genus Homo was not in existence 6,000 years ago. But as a matter of fact, it is well known that at the very time Adam and Eve are, by the Bible, represented as being created, mankind already existed, and in some lands were in a state of civilization, which it must have taken thousands upon thousands of years to have developed. Exactly. For it is the first step which costs. For it is the first step which costs. Given the civilization of ancient Greece, Rome, Egypt, or Babylon, There was nothing wonderful in the civilization of the 18th century of the Christian era. But given no such preceding civilization, unnumbered ages must have elapsed ere the ascent of man could have been such as to have made possible the civilization known to have existed in Acadia centuries before the alleged creation of Adam and Eve is fabled to have taken place. 
when taking a survey of the traditions of the dim and distant past, perhaps the two stories most likely to arrest the attention of the average inquirer would be those concerning Atlantis and the Deluge. Okay, I'll I'll read till here and then I'll end this one. Every well-informed person knows the story of Atlantis as related by Plato and has pondered over his famous and circumstantial accounts of the vast island which was swallowed up by the relentless ocean. In one of those accounts, Plato says, There was an island situated in front of the Straits of Gibraltar, basically, which are by... Well, actually, I don't know. By the, of the Straits, which are by you called the Pillars of Heracles. The island was larger than Libya and Asia put together. That's, that's big. Hmm and was the way to the islands and from those you might pass to the whole of the opposite continent which surrounded the true ocean for the sea which is within the straits of heracles is only a harbor having a narrow entrance okay yeah but that other is a real sea and the surrounding land may be most truly called a boundless continent now in this island of Atlantis, there was a great and wonderful empire which had subjected the parts of Libya within the columns of Heracles as far as Egypt and of Europe and as far as Terhenia. But afterwards, there occurred violent earthquakes and floods, and the island of Atlantis disappeared in the depths of the sea. I'm saying all this happened because of a volcano i think the bay of bengal in india i think there was a big ass volcano maybe that's what all these people call the continent of mu or or whatever atlanta i think anyways that's um i'm gonna end it at that okay why do i say volcanoes why do i say god is a volcano because uh no volcano no life on earth that's how simple it is Volcanoes started life on this planet. And I'm saying sound is consciousness. Sound is the invisible blueprint behind matter that gives things form. Um, Yeah, we are... Basically, we are fish inside an aquarium who are aware that we are fish inside an aquarium. (laughs) That's what Alan Watts calls you are God looking through you are an aperture for God experiencing the universe no you are God experiencing the universe you are an aperture through which God is experiencing the universe alright yeah ye are gods so fuck the Pope fuck the man live your life make a plan I don't know (laughs) live your life man it's your fucking life Fuck these cocksuckers. Fuck their strings. It's time. It's time we grew the fuck up. Sunday school's done. Religion is nothing but a bunch of stories. These old cocksuckers use to to basically. It's just to protect their goods, man. What else, man? What what the fuck is war for? We're nothing but protecting old men's property. It's like. 
Live your life, man. Just live your life, all right? Peace.